Unmakers. I'm Tim Burrows from Unmade. Welcome to The Unmakers, a series in which I talk to people who are trying to remake the media and marketing world. Each episode, I talk to people who are doing business differently. We're going to meet the startups, the troublemakers and the dreamers who've looked at the communications industry and are trying to find a better way. If you're an unmaker with a story to tell about how you're changing the media and marketing world, I'd love to hear from you. Email me at tim at unmade.media. Before you remake it, you've got to unmake it. In today's episode of The Unmakers, I talk to one of Australia's most accomplished commercial media executives, Lizzie Young. After a career spanning the radio industry in the UK and Australia, and a dozen years rising towards the top of the executive ranks at nine, Lizzie Young joined social media startup We Are Eight in July this year. It's off to a blistering start. I began by asking her why it was the right time to leave nine. So I wasn't actually looking around. Uh, The story goes, Sue Fennessy, who I have never met and was not connected to, uh, DM'd me on LinkedIn October last year during the pandemic lockdown number two, when I was in the midst of great role at nine, homeschooling two children. And I thought, sure, let's have a conversation. Um, Now, Sue is known in this industry for having started Standard Media Index. Uh, absolutely. So when I when I received her DM and I did a bit of research, I thought Aussie female founder has had a couple of businesses, one of which was SMI. Um, this will be an interesting conversation, regardless. So we we did that, and actually, that conversation was about telling me about We Are Eight um, from the point of view that I was in control of Nine's marketing spend. So she was talking to me to. Um, present the product and tell me it was going to launch in in Australia in 2022. And at the end of her pitch, I said to her, if you're asking me to divert 6.5% of nine social media spend for a campaign to We Are Eight when you launch as a test and learn, we'll absolutely do that. Great offering, of course. To which she then said, I'd also like to talk to you about running Australia. Interesting. And we'll come on to that in a second, because I suppose one of the interesting things about you, one of your roles at Nine was there was a point when Nine was really sort of prosecuting the case of the distortions in the market we were seeing created by the big platforms, by Facebook, by Google. And you were the face of that to a certain extent. Um, So I suppose... Do you think that sort of made you a little bit more open to that sort of conversation? Absolutely. You know, yes, you're absolutely right. I've long been on the record of believing um, the economic models of the global platforms um, were not appropriate um, when you compared them to how local media companies operated. So I think what I heard from her about We Are Eight is her absolute desire to flip the system and her absolute desire to think about how you could deliver a digital experience for a consumer and a brand differently and actually make a difference. And she's put her money where her mouth is. Okay, well, we'll, we'll, let's come on to that. Um, I suppose the other thing is it came in terms of 
thinking about your role at nine at a time of change. You know, a new CEO had come in, there was a new team coming through. Presumably that was a factor as well. Did it did it feel like this was a, a punctuation point, a moment to move on? I felt very much like I'd had an amazing 12 years at nine and we'd done lots of things in that time, two mergers and acquisitions, et cetera, growing new brands, new platforms. Um, the thing that actually did it was I had just got to the point where every year is the same cycle. And if I was honest with myself, did I want to do my 13th year of the calendar year? Every show happens at a certain point in time. It's You can really plan to January to December. And if I'm if I really think about my career, in my head, I had probably one more big exec role to do. Um, and I knew I wasn't going to go to another local media player. And I definitively said I wanted tech. So that they were the sort of the considerations. Um, as sad as I was to leave nine after such a long time and, and a great time with a great team. Now, I must admit, I did have a hunch that when you left Nine, you'd been in the running for CEO, as a number of people had been. Maybe it was just seeing your route blocked and time to see what happened once you stepped away, because sometimes that's what makes things happen is people becoming aware. Uh, but it, it, it feels like you actually did have something tangible already to jump into. Well, I definitely agree with that, Tim. And I think the last time I heard you mention me on your podcast, you were posing that exact question. Was it that I was leaving nine or that I was really heading off for what was a real new opportunity? Well, this is probably a good point yeah, to talk about We Are Right and the product. So let's maybe just, some people will have downloaded it and tried it, I'm sure, but others listening won't. So let's maybe talk about it, first of all, from the consumer point of view. You know, my, I must admit, I haven't spent much time with it, but my initial impression as a user is, oh, it kind of, you know, feels a bit like Instagram, but without Mark Zuckerberg's fingerprints on it. <laughs> so what we aspire to be is a social media platform. We have two parts to it. For the consumer, there is the eight stage, which is our social media content feed, and there is the brand advertising experience, which actually benefits the consumer, or in this case, the eight citizen, as we call them. So when you come to us, there is a social media feed. It is meant to be inspiring, empowering. It is meant to reconnect you with yourself, your community, the world around you. Um, we are hate-free. Um, oh, I shouldn't have done that. I just I just switched to We Are Eight and immediately it started making noises. So, um, so yeah, sorry about that, Lizzie. That's totally fine. Um, so, yeah, so you were just on the eight stage. So our eight stage is our, so, is our feed, uh, inspiring, uplifting content that reconnects you with people, your community, the planet. Um, the second and the second part of the experience, though, is the ad experience, which is entirely opt-in. So it only comes to you when you decide you have the mental availability all the time to engage in advertising and brand messages from a client. So the ads sit there each day for you and you get a little alert. And when you opt-in, then your ads for the day play. And we only, and then you'll watch through that ad. And then there's between one and three little questions for you to answer about the ad. And once you've done that, 
you have earned some money into your eight wallet, little micropayments make you feel good and you then have the opportunity to pay it forward to a cause that you care about from one of our eight areas of social impact. At the same time, you know that actually money has also gone to Climate Solutions and money's also gone to a charity of the brand's choice. And this, I suppose, is the the the, the key point of differentiation because, you know, that old cliche, if you're not paying for the product, the product is you. Um, then obviously in, in, in this case, the consumer is a part of it. Um, do you think it takes a particular subset of consumer to actually be willing to volunteer to watch the ads? Yeah, I do. You know, there's 21 million Australians using social media at the moment and they are on that on products for, you know, 90 minutes on average a day. There is absolutely a place. If you want to go and hang out in the metaverse, go do that. If you want to dance on TikTok, do that. Tweet on Twitter, do that. When you want to change the real world, you come to We Are 8. So there is going to be a subset of those people who within their 90 minutes think they could probably give us eight minutes a day because they want to feel good about the impact they can have. And that anecdotally is certainly what people are saying. So the way from a consumer's point of view that the product works is you get your first micropayment into your eight wallet 30 days after you join. And then every day after that, that you've watched or consumed an ad, you get these little micropayments. And once you start doing that, receiving those payments and you start paying them forward, that's when you start to feel really good. And that's, we want to be habitual, but not a habit. And at the end of the eight minutes, we say to you, scroll less, live more, go and live your real life. And I suppose one, you know, one of my first instincts is, as as you say, they're micropayments, it's not life-changing amounts of money or anything like that. Um, I, I guess, well, you know, maybe this is a good moment to talk about it from the brand's point of view. My instinct would be the sort of consumer who's willing to give up their time for those micropayments may well be somebody who's not a premium, high worth consumer that advertisers might want to talk to. Is, is that a fair assumption? Or um, I actually don't think it is in this. I generally like your assumptions, actually, Tim, to be fair. So unsurprisingly, we've done some work on who our target segment is and found that they are the optimistic change champions. And that is then split into three segments, early adopters, university students, and parents with children young children. And they are also broadly the people that probably changed the government in this country earlier in the year. So it is definitely not low socio. Um, I think it is broad, absolutely broad. Um, And I think the great thing about this platform is that we are inclusive and we want to be a place where people can have a voice, be that the people who have the ability to make a difference or be that the people who are underrepresented or don't have other avenues for telling their story and actually raising awareness of their cause. And just before we talk about um, how this looks from the brand's perspective, how about for the users who are are there just to scroll the feed? Um, What is it do you think that will attract them to this feed as opposed to, hey, everybody's got a feed? So interestingly, early data, 98% of people are opting into the ads. So there is only a small portion of people that are coming purely for the feed. But what I think the feed does is it resets you. It gives you something every morning that is a look at the world as we'd love it to be 
Um, And of course, it's not all rainbows and unicorns. We deal with quite heavy topics like climate and things like that, but we're doing it in a way that I think is very constructive. And what we are not doing is allowing any toxicity onto the platform. So there isn't that endless doom scrolling that can then happen. And it's also... I mean, you referenced Instagram. I think what we're really proud of from a product perspective is our imagery and our video is beautifully presented. So it is, um, I think, very engaging in that sense. The content is beautiful. And for the most part, my impression of the algorithm is that it feeds the content of creators as opposed to the content of friends and family is that is that fair or is that just because I haven't really made any friends yet so so um, we are definitely really keen to participate well in the creator economy and you would be getting a lot of creator content at the moment and there's a whole piece of um, activity that we're doing around funding the creative economy through a creator fund that we have um, you've actually spoiled one of our up-and-coming announcements <laughs> later this year Um there will be a third feed, so or a third screen rather, I should say. So there's the eight stage, which is our content feed. There is the eight wallet, and in the middle will be our friends and family feed. So we are literally creating that at the moment in the product, and that is a two-way, only your friends and family. So exactly what the others were set up to do and then have walked back from, you will have on We Are Eight. And let's talk a little bit about the privacy side of things because that was a huge issue for the platforms, still is. Um, what data and information do you collect and how do you go about communicating it? So we have a private, very plain English privacy policy available to everybody on our website. When you sign up to us, it is all the usual suspects but it is also your mobile phone number. And we have to do that because that is an, an additional check for us on um, our intolerance of hate. So we also ask for mobile phone, but we explain to people why that is. And so then, if you're kicked off the platform, you're not going to be able to come back on while you're using that number. Correct. There are also other, you know, a, a raft of other safety features and enhancements that we have um, that enable us to also have that position of zero tolerance on hate. Um, and from a privacy perspective, we've absolutely done everything to the absolute highest level. You know, we are held to account by the fact that as a company, we are B Corp certified. We are audited by PwC, always on. Um, we have really set ourselves structurally to in, in a place where we have the highest ethical standards possible. Okay. Well, obviously, you know, most most people listening to this podcast probably work somewhere in the communications industry. Um, many of them might be the media agency side or brand side. Clearly, they think at the very least, um, maybe I should be trying the platform or um, is this platform for me? What is the pitch to brands and potential advertisers? The pitch is simple. Test us with 6.5% of your social media spend. Okay, now you said 6.5% twice. So, so why 6.5%? I really wanted it to be 8 but the data just doesn't stack up. And because Sue is so data obsessed, she's like, I can't change the numbers, I can't change the numbers. So 6.5% means that the campaign is carbon negative. That is why it's 6.5% through our methodology with Ecology and PwC. I have to get you to explain that a little bit, I think, because I don't fully understand that. Let's take a step back. So the pitch to a client 
is spend 6.5% of your social media spend and move it to We Are 8. That 6.5% will then make your campaign carbon negative. Basically, we have methodology through our partnership with Ecology, which works out how much carbon would be emitted by the brand's journey through our platform. We then over-calculate that to make it carbon negative, not just carbon neutral. I think it's also probably worth at this point, there's two other critical things in this. We've already done carbon reduction because unlike a lot of other digital platforms where you are being served and bombarded with ads that no one is engaging with, we don't have any of those ads. We are only delivering the ad that someone has opted in and and is now viewing all the way through. The other really strong point when I say to brands, test us with 6.5%, and that number is because of the carbon neutrality and negativity, you know, making the, the spend carbon negative, there's almost no reason not to do it because there's no wastage because we only deliver the ad that someone has called. So there is no budget wasted at all. And I suppose it's, it's funny because the answer and the reason for 6.5% wasn't what I was expecting to hear. I, I, I thought you were going to have some sort of science on why you need to shift at least that much budget budget to measure the effectiveness of a, a new channel. Right. Um, no, actually, it's just, it's literally purely and simple about turning your spend carbon negative. Um, because we know once we get through that piece and we are serving an ad to someone on the platform, the carbon emissions are offset. So ethically, it's a good thing to do. Um, we know that there is no wastage on a brand's budget because we only charge at the end of the fully completed video view and the engagement with questions. So there's no wastage there. Um, and we know that our attention is kept all the way through of our eight citizens. And then we also enable brands to click directly out to their own asset, whether that means, you know, you take someone to watch now, buy now, subscribe now. And currently we've got a 37% click-through rate as well. So there is lots of different metrics in the journey that a brand can have with We Are 8. Um, and at this stage, you know, it is early days, but the signs are very encouraging around how we can play a role in really engaged and from an attention perspective um, in how audiences are consuming ads on our platform. I was going to ask, I mean, obviously, as you say, it's very early days. Do you yet have a good case study you can point to of a, a, a brand that's used or is using you effectively? We have lots from the UK. So big brands have used us and had incredible results. Nike. Nike have gone from two test campaigns to always on, basically. Um, Heineken. So lots happening in the UK. And, and are they doing that as a brand building thing or as a something more kind of um, promotion specific? We are definitely, absolutely fantastic for brand building and we're absolutely fantastic for, for storytelling, um, I think. From a retail perspective or promotionally, um, too early to, to call in Australia. Certainly in the UK, brands are being able to use us for that now. So if you think about that trajectory, that's sort of five months on from launch. So we've just got to get to that scale where we can literally shift a product in a couple of days' time. And that's what, you know, our ambition is to be there by November this year. 
given retail, Christmas, et cetera. Um, but certainly at the moment, fantastic for brand building um, with retail opportunities to come. And we're building those at the moment for clients for for Christmas and summer. And with any media product, including social media product, you've, you've got two sides. You've obviously got to create the audience and the advertising demand. How are the two balancing out at the moment? Are you are you actually able to deliver the scale of audience that advertisers want so far or, or, or are you carrying spare inventory? Where, where, where are you at? We, we're, you've nailed it. We are literally on that chicken and egg journey. Um, we've had great support from, from the ad industry. We launched with nine partners and we have a much larger number in the pipeline at the moment. And now it is literally about onboarding citizens and getting them to start that daily habit of coming back to us um, and making us habitual in how they think about being able to have an impact to deliver the eyeballs that our brands need. And recently, you've launched uh, your first sort of major, I suppose, brand campaign locally. Uh, tell me about the process behind that and the campaign as, as it started to roll out and where it will go. So we think we've developed something that really speaks to our unique uh, position in the market. Um, and inherently, we are looking at ways to demonstrate being good, good for people, good for the planet, good for brands, um, and doing the right thing. So we've uh, launched a campaign called It's All Good on We Are Eight. And the process behind that was actually quite interesting because we we really wanted something that was light and uplifting and gave hope. Um, and, you know, we're here because we believe there is a problem to be solved with how social media treats people and brands. There's no question about that. But we didn't want to dwell on that. And that that's not very inspiring. Like that's the business problem we're trying to solve. But conversely, from a consumer perspective, why come to us? Actually, because we want you to feel good by doing good. And so it's all good on We Are Eight Was Born. And interestingly, we uncovered an artist in Adrian Eagle who has a song called AOK that we think just speaks beautifully to that. But actually, it was more than his lyrics and his song. It's actually fundamentally his beliefs. So we've been on a bit of a journey with Adrian to understand um, his very kind heart. And he has become the soundtrack to that commercial, um, along with, you know, the whole creative that, that's rolling out. Acts of kindness. People show us to remind us, yeah. Some people so negative, love is the answer and the remedy. Uh, I see a new face of a nation. Hold my brothers, sisters, leaders of the generation. I'm a so good. We are Social media that's free from hate, good for the planet, and puts money in your wallet. And the campaign um, launched, as you say, this week. We've got everything from um, out of home, television, BVOD, radio, audio streaming, search, um, as well as some really nice activations, we think, um, around. We did uh, street chalk, obviously good for the environment, disappears after a period of time. We did um, apparition media, you know, the street posters that are on recyclable uh, materials um, with Planet Arc. Um, so we've really tried to be conscious where we can of our footprint. Um, overall, we're also offsetting 
the carbon emitted from our campaign as best you can in this market at the moment. It is very tricky. There is lots of different calculators. We understand all of that. So we've at least done um, the best we can in the current set of circumstances because we think it is the right thing to do, particularly given who we are. Um, so really that campaign, it's, it's everywhere really other than paid social. And I probably don't need to explain why we wouldn't use paid social as part of our mix. Now let's talk about your growth in this market. Um, I presume you're hiring at the moment. What what roles are you hiring for? Where do you see the growth journey going? Sure. So we break our business into two pillars strategically. One is citizen growth, people using the platform, and one is commercial growth. So people are in one of those two teams led by Luke Robinson and Danica Johnston. Um, and we're currently hiring people who work with brands and their agencies in the sales function, and then some very specific roles in our citizen growth function, which are around the content that you'll see on the platform, working with creators um, and, our, and our citizen growth. Uh, so that's where we're at. Um, and from a growth perspective, I assume you know some numbers in terms of where we'd like to get to. So the ambition is that we'll be at half a million Australian um, citizens by mid-2023 um, and we will be at a million globally by the end of this year. And um, to su support that and sustain that and sustain your team, what sort of revenues will you need to write locally? Well, it's, a, it's an interesting question, um, Tim, because we give back 60 cents in every single dollar that we make from our current revenue model. Um and look, if we took 6.5%, which is the ask of social media spend in this country, we have a very good business. We all know how much revenue has gone to the social platforms. Um, so if we could take 6.5%, of course, I'd like it to be more. I'm not going to lie. Um, but if we had 6.5%, we would have a very good business. And in terms of your funding so far, so I'm, I'm, I'm guessing I'd be surprised if you're yet at the stage of being profitable. That's fair. And I'm I'm interested to think about what sort of people have invested so far because, uh, the, the, you know, there have been investment rounds out of the UK as well. Do you find it's just your typical startup investor or is it impact investors who are kind of attracted to the fact that there's a kind of positive element to the model as well? It's a bit of both. Uh, actually, it's a bit of both. So, yes, there is definitely people – uh, investing in We Are Eight, who have other investments that are impact led, and that is and that is their reason for being. Uh, there is investment from people like Usher, Rio Ferdinand, um, and others who believe in it as an alternative to the other social platforms because of treatment or things that they have seen on the other social media platforms. So they really want to be part of um, doing something to rectify that and finding an alternative way and a better way. Uh, we had our first institutional investor in Centerstone Capital um, in Series B, and we also had investment um, from Channel 4 in the UK. So there is a, a mix of people. Um, fundamentally, I think the belief underlying it all is that there is a way for digital media to treat people and brands respectfully and to make an impact on people and planet and be part of the solution. And will there be an Australian-led investment round as well or, or is the structure just not like that? 
um, we there will be further investment rounds, obviously, globally. And within, you'll have a role in within, running the Australian end of that. And within that, there is Australian investors. There's actually lots of Australian investors already. Um, actually, a lot of people that invested in SMI as well. You, you, you may or may not have a picture on this one. Normally, when you you you, you talk to a CEO from a startup, one of the classic questions is, "Well, how long is your runway?" Now, obviously, you are reporting into Sue, so I don't know if you if you have visibility of that. And when you, how long, how long have I got to make this work? Well, I guess it's always the question for startups, isn't it? How long until the money runs out? I asked that question before I joined. Obviously, it'd be foolish not to. Um, I was comfortable with the answer I was given, and it was a much longer runway than what I think we now need two months in this business. So you can see a route to profitability already? A hundred percent. Final question. Most startups fail proportionally even more social media startups fail. Mm -hmm. Um, You obviously think this one will succeed. Why? It's at the absolute zeitgeist of what the world is crying out for. There has been years now of feedback from brands, from people about what they're not getting from social media. And for me, this was a beautiful articulation of what social media and social communities was meant to be and the social impact that they could have. Um, and to your point, lots of startups fail. Um, I've just got every confidence in the world that this has made people think there is a different way and there is a better way and I can be part of it. I can be part of the solution. I can, something that I do already every day somewhere else can actually be turned to doing good and that makes me feel good. Lizzie, thank you for your time. Thanks, Tim. Nice to chat. Thanks for listening to The Unmakers from Unmade. If you're an unmaker, I'd love to talk to you. Email me, tim at unmade.media. Today's episode of The Unmakers was edited by Abe's Audio. I'm Tim Burrows. Before you remake it, you've got to unmake it. The Unmakers. Podcast edit by Abe's Audio.